Well, I'm back today. I hope you're back. And uh, if you're not, you won't know I'm talking to you. But if you do, you'll hear me. <laughs> I'm kidding. But I'm, I'm glad you have chosen to be a part of our study. We're talking about choosing to commit, committing ourselves to the Lord, rolling ourselves and everything that we are off onto the Lord. And we've talked about some of the things that are important in doing that. Commitment to time with the Lord alone each day. Commitment to his fellowship, the church. And that's really important. And a third one I wanted to mention is a commitment of yourself to the world without Christ. You see, one of the great priorities of the believer is other people. It's people who need Christ. It's people next door who need Christ and people on the other side of the world who need Christ. And we need to see that as our responsibility and how we can make a difference in doing that. And that would, that would really help us to see that that's what matters. Now, where do we start with such a thing as being concerned about it? It, it could start with people in our family and people that we know that we pray for each day. Uh, my wife and I pray every day for a number of people in our family who do not have a relationship with the Lord or they don't have a right relationship with the Lord. We don't judge them. We love them and pray for them and ask God to bring them to himself and to work in their lives whatever needs to be done that they can experience the joy of the Lord, which we have. And that's part of our responsibility for the world and for others. It begins at home. It begins next door. And, and we, we have friends that need Christ, and that's what's important. And, and it's, we have to take this seriously. I was reading the other day a sermon by Bill Henson, who a few years ago was the pastor of the First Methodist Church here in Houston. And he was pastor before that in another city, and the church was not doing that well. And he was kind of stressed out about it, and he had been in the hospital. And while in the hospital, God had spoken to him, Bill said, in a very dramatic way, and he went back to the church. And on the first Sunday, he challenged the people to join him in an evangelistic effort. And they were going to go out into their community and share Christ with people. And so he asked them to, to meet him at the church on a certain night. And only a handful came. And one of those was a retired missionary whose name was Rhoda Bertishaw. Now, Rhoda Bertishaw was in her 70s. She had served in China until the communists had forced her to leave. And she lived alone, and she'd never been married. And she had come to the church driving her old green Oldsmobile that didn't have a six square inches of undented area on it. It had been around long, about as long as she had. Her vision was so poor that she had no business driving in the daytime, let alone at night. But she came driving her old car and bringing one of those old-time flashlights that measures about three feet long. And, and it looked more like a club than a flashlight. But when she came in, uh, she was a little stooped now by arthritis that was ravaging her body. And she asked for a stack of cards with people's names on it that she could go and talk to about Christ. Now, Henson said, I knew that I shouldn't let her visit on her own because the city in which we're visiting is large and all kinds of things go on, and she shouldn't be out there by herself. But since there weren't very many people there, she said, give me the cards so other people can team up. I'm, I'm, on, I'm fine by myself. I can do this. And so she did. But here's what Rhoda did. She went down to the closest police station where she finally found a kind, obliging officer who took her to the addresses that were on her card. 
her cards, and the young officer would knock on the door, and when the startled people would answer the door, the policeman would present Rhoda. And then she would go in and introduce herself from First Methodist Church, and she would begin to talk to them about their relationship with God. There was not a single person who ever forgot those visits, first of all because of the policeman, and second because of the compassion and concern and love of this woman. She made a real difference. She touched a whole lot of lives. But the point was making a difference in other people's lives. Caring about her world was a priority. Our pastor and his wife care about the world more than anyone I've ever seen, and they have a real passion to reach people in other parts of the world. If you haven't taken a mission trip, I challenge you to take one. If you haven't gotten involved locally in some of our mission efforts, I challenge you to do so. You see, getting outside of yourself and thinking about someone else, that's, a com that's really a commitment. Jesus said, if you've done it unto one of the least of these, you've done it unto me. And so that's what commitment is really all about. It's a commitment to Christ, but it's also a commitment to other people and the desire to make a difference in their lives. And I challenge you to do that. Now I want to move on to another area of commitment that's strategically important as well, and, and that's the commitment to be transformed. And the Bible talks a lot about that and, and about how we're to be changed from the inside out. And in the book of Romans, there is a classic verse that I, I want to share with you. It's Romans chapter 12, verses Actually, it's two verses, verses 1 and 2. Here, they, here, Listen to it. Therefore, Paul says, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, his pleasing, and his perfect will. Those verses remind us that we don't have to be conformed, we can be transformed. And when someone is transformed, it's the same word, same Greek word from which we get our word metamorphosis. It's like the change of a caterpillar into a butterfly. There's a total, there's a total transformation. And it comes from the inside out. What we're talking about here is not something that happens from the outside in. It's allowing Jesus Christ to continue to change us from the inside out. And, and that's, that's the kind of transformation that's important. And Paul is writing to believers to help them see that they need to continue to change every day. Jesus challenged his disciples to do that, and he challenged them to experience his power and his Holy Spirit's strength to do that on a daily basis. Transformation begins with a once-for-all kind of choice. And Paul remembered that when he's writing this to the believers. He said, I'm urging you to present your bodies to God, and God wants your body. Now, these people had already been saved. They had already come to God for salvation and forgiveness. They were believers, and they had acknowledged that Jesus was their Lord and Savior. But Paul wanted them to recognize not only that, but to present their literal physical bodies in a voluntary surrender that might be completely controlled by the Lord himself. 
and he was talking about the, the, the words he used and the tense of the verbs he used indicates that presenting our body is a once and for all surrender that we make to the Lord and that we put our body on the altar of commitment to Christ and we don't take it off. It's aorist tense, which means it's a one, once for all kind of commitment. I will pick that up tomorrow and talk more about it. But even today, you can say, Lord, here's my body. Use it for your glory. I once and for all give it to you. And if you start to take it back, remember, you're on the altar of God's sacrifice. You've committed yourself to him. God bless you. Have a great day.